Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Great Hilton Church. Uh, it's good to have you with us this morning. My name is Tim, and I'm glad you could be here. Um, I've been in and out of the pulpit. I know over the last several weeks, um, last couple of months, uh, Nathan is going to be preaching next week. So if you'd like to hear some good preaching, come back next week, and you'll hear some, uh, some good preaching. But um, appreciate uh, you guys putting up with letting others preach and teach here. It's been good to hear uh, other views, other ways of looking at things. And so um, today uh, we're starting a new series. Being on vacation, I wish I was going to show you a picture of a fish I caught. Uh, you spent, I spent $30 on a uh, non-resident uh, fishing license for the Kentucky, for the state of Kentucky. And now I understand why they have better roads than Illinois. Because I tell you, man, they're making money. Uh, I caught one fish, my $30 fish. And he was about this long. That's all he was. And all week. And I couldn't, didn't have much luck, but had a good time. Um, but it is good to be back. This new series we're looking at is, is uh, looking at, we've been talking about this idea of we have a mission. And we've been looking at this all year. Uh, the last several weeks we've been looking at our, the mission field of our community. And what I want to do today is start a series of lessons that talk about another mission field or a, a place where we can share our faith and, and live out our faith, and that's in the workplace. That's why we've called it Monday Morning Faith. Many of you here, most of you here, will get up tomorrow morning and you will start work. You'll brush your teeth, get in the shower, getting everything all ready to go, getting ready to go to work. And, uh, you know, here we are Sunday mornings, every Sunday morning we get together, our faith is built, hopefully our faith gets built up. And, and this series is about taking our faith uh, past Sundays and getting it involved in our work week. You're going to spend 150,000 hours working in your life. That's 40%, about 40% of your life working. You say, I know, and I hate it, Tim. We call it the grind. You know, I listened to someone this morning say, man, tomorrow's Monday. This is what they said. It's my... young, young fellow. Monday morning's going to be here already. I've got to go back to work. As if it's some sort of punishment that God has worked into our life. And I want you to know, you read the Scriptures, and I challenge you to go to Bible Gateway on the, on the Internet or studylight.org or whatever search engine you got, and just look up the word work, works, worked, working, labor, laborer. And you're going to be surprised how much the Bible talks about this idea. I, I can understand why, because we're going to spend a lot of our time in a workplace, in a workspace. And so uh, one of the things I hope that we'll take away from this series, here's a few things. Uh, I'm sure it'll grow as we go, but here's a few things I hope we can take away. Number one, that there's an ethic that we need to have as believers in Christ, and that is this. Good work is leaving things better than I found them. That's what I want to be able to say. Yesterday we had a uh, graveside ceremony for Jackie Tarantino and her mother Ida, and there was a small group of us over here at Roselawn. Um, over here, and um, and we sat around, and, and it was interesting. I watched. We saw there were two urns of the of the remains, the ashes of Jackie and her mother, and those two women were reminding us. I t- pointed out that we are, you know, we are not here forever, and that life here on earth will come to an end. And yet, you had the two twins, you know, Owen and Lucas reminding us that life begins. And you had life and death as a reminder there. And between those two moments, there's a lot of work, a lot of things that are going to be going on. And I hope that after I'm done here, here at Greater Alton, or I'm done with my company, or I'm done in my neighborhood, or done with some of my friendships, that I'll be able to leave something in better shape. I hope that for you too. We're not here just to use up a bunch of stuff and leave the world worse than it was, but to leave it in better shape. And that includes your workplace. I know some of us here, anybody, don't raise your hand. We don't want to know this. Too much information. But I know some of you here have been fired. I know some of you here have been let go, laid off. Some of you had just up and quit. You just said, that's enough. I'm done doing this. I'm not giving two weeks notice. I'm giving you two second notice. And out you go, you know. And, and I know that, I know that and, that, and that's part of life. We go from workplace to workplace. 
We don't just work for, for the man. We work for our family. We work in our neighborhood. We work in our church. Work is a big part of us. Even when some of us are in a hurry to retire, people are in a hurry to retire. Even if you retire, I talked to Don Yoder, he'll say, I'm busier now than I was when I had a regular job. And I go, why is that? He goes, people will not leave me alone. And I'm one of those people. I won't leave him alone. But it's true. And I've got a, a growing list of things I want to do. You know, here I am 59. I'm going to be 60 next year. Oh, my. I never thought I'd get to that. And I'm beginning to feel that element of being a relic around here. That's why I want Nathan and we get some younger men in the pulpit some because we need to hear, we need to know there's, there's a future. And, there, and uh, somebody says, well, Tim, you're not going to die before you die, are you? Oh, no, 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 no. But um, I have a thought about, you know, I'm getting to the end here, getting closer to the end. And, and with that, I want to leave the world in a better place than, than when I arrived. And so that's a good work ethic. We're going to talk about some ethics sometime in this series. Also, I, I, want to, I hope that we'll walk away going from this series realizing that, that good work is godly. And what do, what do you mean, Tim? That your work, my work, is as spiritual as my prayer life. That it's all, it all matters. I don't know what it is. I don't know when it happened. I did research on this. I could not find out when it happened. But somewhere, somebody began to separate the Lord's work from all the other work we do. Just that statement alone. In other words, it's, it's somehow we've separated, and I think we, we tend to do this, especially in America, we're separating the Lord's work from, well, I'll say it this way, the work we do as a Christian, there's that work, and then there's this work we do as a human being. Does that help? You know what I'm saying? We kind of separate them as if one is heavenly and the other one is worldly. Yes, the Bible condemns certain kinds of work and too much focus and workaholism. Yeah, we get that. But when I read my scriptures, I don't get the impression that there's a separation between the two. That there's just work. We say the Lord's work. Well, let's talk about the Lord. Let's talk about His work. He was on the earth about 33 years. What did he spend most of his life doing? Working with wood. He spent most of his life working with wood. He, got, he started his ministry the last three years of his life, right? So did he waste his life working with wood? I mean, this is the Lord. He's doing, that's him. He's the Lord's work we refer to. That's the guy. What are you doing today? I'm making a chair. Anything else you're going to do? Oh, yeah, a whole lot more, Tim. Because, see, the Lord's work is all work. It's all work. Let me show you a passage here. This is in Colossians 3, and it's up here on the screen. And all the work you are doing, notice it says all the work you're doing, work the best you can. There's a good ethic, huh? Do your best. Work as if you're doing it for the Lord, not for people. What's he saying here? In fact, wait a minute, who's saying this? A tent maker? A tent maker is saying this, the Apostle Paul. And he's saying, you should dedicate all your work to God. Don't separate it. Don't put it in categories. Well, here's my church work, and here's my worldly work. Here's what I do for the Lord. Here's what I do for me. He goes, no, it's all work of God. Are you telling me, Tim, Flipping burgers is the work of God? Yeah. Are you telling me serving coffee or pushing paper or being on a computer in a cubicle, printing stuff, pumping gas, working with clients, selling windshields, mowing lawns, stacking shelves, teaching? All of that is God's work. Yeah, every bit of it. And you should dedicate, as a Christian, you dedicate that all to God. Whatever you do, let all the work 
that you're doing. Work as if you're doing it for the Lord and not for the man. A tent maker says this. The Apostle Paul, a tent maker. And you start thinking about, he's not the only one that had a job and dedicated it to God. If you know, in the book of Acts, you've got a woman by the name of Lydia who sold purple, and she started a church in her house. And then you have Joseph, who was a slave. He was a slave for, you know, his brothers had a fit, so they put him into slavery, and so he's a slave. And then you find out that he becomes like head slave. I don't know what that means, you know, head slave. You know, you're in charge, but you're still a slave. And then, then he ends up getting a government position in the Egyptian government. And yet he would say all of that was used in the scope of God's purpose. He'd bring his faith into what he was doing, everything he was doing. So whether you're working at home or working for a boss somewhere, or you're, you think you've retired, you're still doing something. Whatever it be, you ought to dedicate it to God. Give it to the Lord. That's why we're saying that, you know, this Monday morning faith, living out my faith in the workplace, or as I would say, in your workspace, whatever it be. Some of us here, our workspace, our workplace is a campus. And we're putting in overtime. Am I right? Some of it's that. And some of it's just raising kids. I mean, you go to the Harder's house, and those two twins, they're full time on that. They got two boys. And so, and, you know, Richard's right back right now, back there with one of them. It's, 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 it's whatever we're doing. It all matters. It all has purpose. It all has significance. Gideon was called the fighting farmer. And you have Amos in the book of Amos saying, look, I'm not a prophet. I'm not a son of a prophet. All I know is I'm a shepherd and I, took, I take care of sycamore fig trees. Now, whatever that means... I guess all I can, what I want you to know, I didn't do a lot of research on that. All I know is that an ordinary person, ordinary guy with an ordinary job that was involved in the biggest thing that was ever happening on the planet. And he brought his faith to work. You see, my workspace or my workplace is my mission field. And I hope we get that through this series that we, we see this. See, I, I remember, the first, I, I got thinking about this. The very first person I ever led to Christ was from work. Was from work. And I brought, I brought my faith to work. doesn't mean you have to be preachy. It just means you need to be a person, an honest and person of integrity, a hard worker, a person that brings glory and honor to God, and it kind of takes care of itself. And I hope tomorrow morning, you're gonna, when you begin your week, when you get ready for work, you really get ready. I'm hoping... From today's lesson, you'll get ready for more than just assembly or, or, or figures or word processing or stacking shells, but you'll get ready to be used by God in your workplace. Now today what I want to do is I want to, I want to um, talk a little about why should we work. What's the purpose of it? Look what Solomon says up here on the screen. He says this in Ecclesiastes. You know, he's looking for, he's searching for the meaning of life. And he says these words in Ecclesiastes. What do people get from all their hard work? He's saying, so what's the purpose of working? Why should I work, in other words? What, what, what's the big deal about this? What, am I, what, what, are, what are the reasons? What are the purposes of working? Let me give you six today. Number one, why should I work? God created me to work. You were made to work. You know, I used to picture Adam and Eve... You know, kind of like um, in Cancun. That's right. It's some tropical paradise where they're kind of sitting back on some cushions and, and, you know, there's a little fan. Maybe a monkey is doing this, you know. You know, and here come like the Lion King, the giraffes and the elephants coming and bringing them food. And thank you. Here's a peanut for your trouble. And, you know, they just got it made in the shade. It's paradise. And then sin comes along and torpedoes their leisure world, and it's like, man, they got to work now. And I, 
And I think to myself, I, when I, I used to th- say, to, say this, I'd go, man, thanks, Adam, thanks, Eve, for screwing it all up because of, because of your sin, I have to work. And that's not true. Work is not here because of sin. Look at this passage. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And he did this before there was any sin on the planet. You were created to work. One of the first things God does with Adam is he puts him to work. He wants him to work. Wait a minute, Tim. Wait a minute. I read somewhere where he was told, from now on, by the sweat of your brow, you're, you know, you're going to plant this and weeds are going to pop up and you have to work by the sweat of your brow. What about that? Well, yeah, that, that's right. That was said after sin. And all that's telling us is, is that sin makes work difficult. And it still does. Hear me? Sin still makes work very difficult. You can't tell me going into work with a bad attitude isn't going to set you up for an awful day. You go into work and you got this, you're, you're bothered, you're upset, you're stressed out, and you go to work and you're telling me you're going to have a beautiful, wonderful, you know, the doves are going to fly. No, not going to happen. Now, if you've stolen something, you're not telling me guilt isn't going to do something there and have an impact on your performance at work? Of course it will. Sin makes work more difficult. With all that said, I want you to know something this morning. God never intended for you to sit around and take it easy, use up all these resources, and be on this perpetual vacation. He never intended for that. By the way, the way you're designed, the way you and I are made, if we were to sit around all the time, you know what happened to our bodies? They'd break down. I, I heard somebody say this week, they did, there's been a study on teenage depression. And what they discovered with teenage depression, this study was two years ago, three years ago. This, this study revealed the reason teenagers, one of the reasons teenagers are dealing with so much depression is because they have too much free time. I tell you, man, I sit around too much, and guess what happens? I ache in places. I've never, I'm, I'm tired. What's happening? My body, the way you're designed, the way we're designed, we're designed to work. We're designed to do something. Yeah, I want to do something. I want to, I don't want to work. I want to bang on my drum all day. No, that's not what God's wanting you to do. I don't Sorry, it was the best I could come up with. But you know that idea, you know, I want to do something, I want to do nothing. That's the worst thing. That's so against your DNA. And, and by the way, being made in the image of God, to refuse to work, to be unwilling to work, is denying your image. What God made you to be. No, God made you with gifts and talents and abilities to use, and work is a great place to show them off. To show how God made you creative. It's, it's an opportunity to give back and to contribute to society. Look, it says here in Ecclesiastes 2, as Solomon continues to look for the meaning of life, he notices something. He says, the best thing we can do is, is to enjoy eating, drinking, and working. I believe these are God's gifts to us. He says, the best thing about life, I realize, is eating. I love eating. Drinking, yeah, sure. Yeah. And working, wait a minute. I'll take those other two gifts. That one there I'm going to return. No, Tim, this is just as good as eating and drinking. Really? Yes, it is. It's rewarding. It's good to work. And God says it's a gift. Solomon says he discovered it was a gift. It's one of the fundamental reasons you were made. And refusing to work. Trying to get out of work. Are you one of those kind of people when there's work to do, you stand around and watch somebody else do it? We're going to have a work day at church. Well, we may have to redefine that. Stand around day at church. I watch some of us guys, you know, well, let's get together and do something. Okay, and we get together and three or four are working and the rest are watching. Lots of supervision, I guess, is needed. That's all I can figure. Must be these guys must not be very good. They have to be micromanaged by seven people. No, to deny work 
to be unwilling to, I'm not talking about can't work. Some of you here can't work. I know that. You have a disability. You can't work. I'm not talking about those people. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about people who are unwilling to work. Is to deny why God made you in the beginning, in the very beginning. And you miss out on one of the greatest blessings of life. Number two, why, why should I work? Well, I should work because I work to meet my needs. And I think we probably are familiar with this one. We use this one a lot. I've got to work, man. I've got to make ends meet. I've got to put food on the table. And you're right. You need to work so you can do that. Look what the Bible says here. The one who stays on the job has food on the table. Makes sense. If, you're, if, if you work, guess what you can be guaranteed of? It'll meet your needs. It'll meet your physical needs. You see, I work to stay alive. I work to meet my needs. I work to put food on the table, clothing on my back, shelter above my head. Does God want me to be self-sufficient? I believe He does. In this particular, not independent now, but He wants me to take, be able to take care of myself. He doesn't want me to live off the government. If I don't have to, the government's not the answer. Again, I say it again. Some of you here, I know the government's helping you. The church should be helping you too, by the way. But I'm not talking about people who can't work. I'm talking about people who work hard to not work. Man, if that was a career, there'd be some mega companies, huh? Mega companies. But we work for shelter, for myself, for my family. Look what the Bible says here. In, in the Bible, the Bible says this. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. The King James says, worse than an infidel. Oh my, that sounds strong. It's because God feels strongly about work. He says, if you're unwilling to work, if you won't provide and take care of your family, you're denying the purpose of work. You're denying what God says about it. You don't believe Him. You really don't trust Him when it comes to this. So you're worse than someone who doesn't believe in God at all. See, it's good. I say it again. It's good to work. It's godly to work. It's the will of God. It's the will of God. Look what it says here in Second Thessalonians. Apostle Paul, a tent maker, said this, the one who is unwilling to work, did you see that? didn't say he can't. He's saying really he won't. He's unwilling to work, shall not eat. See, without work, it's going to be hard for me to provide for my needs, for my family. Number three, my work builds my character. <laughs> you know, if there's anything, I've, I've learned more about myself than any other place is in the workplace, huh? Ryan said, it's the truth. You, you learn all, I remember as a young man going into Tool and Die, and, and these guys, here's 40, 50-year-old men, and I'm 19, and from the 70s, and so I'm a mess. And I'm trying to learn how to work in a factory and be responsible. And I worked on a farm, and I thought taking care of pigs would prepare you for life, but, you know, there's a lot more preparation, a lot more preparation. I did not know I'd have to work with pig-headed people. I didn't know I'd have to. I'd have drama. You all know what I mean by workplace drama, right? Lots and lots of it, competing, gossip, lying, cheating, backstabbing, and that's just off the top of my head. Yeah, you know, we all and, and 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 you know we and what do we do when we get in the workplace? We we learn. It's like it's like it builds. It helps us deal with our weaknesses and it challenges our faith. Look at this, with how Jesus, He puts character and work together. Whoever can be trusted, notice that word trusted. Whoever can be trusted with very little can be also trusted with much. How do you build trust? I'll tell you what, trust isn't built by competence. It's built by character. I know that. Guys, I'd rather, I would rather hire somebody that has character than, than is competent to do the job. And I've hired a lot of people. There's a passage in the Proverbs that says, Any fool will hire any passerby. I have obeyed that verse many, many times. I wasn't thinking. I hired people that needed a job rather than someone that wanted to work that could do the job. 
I didn't look at character. And man, I've paid for it many times. But yet, the job place is where, that's the place where character is built. He says, he goes on to say, whoever is dishonest, that sounds like a character trait, doesn't it? Dishonest? Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy, that's a character issue there, in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? So the workplace is this place where I learn, I grow. Remember your first job, some of us here? Maybe some of you are still in your first job. But you remember your first job, what you learned? Did you learn anything when you went into your second job? Jason says, yes, yeah, uh-huh. Uh, not going to say that again. Not going to do that again. Not going to be late for work again. I ain't, I ain't got time for that. You know, I'm going to be responsible here. No, it's, it's, it, it, it's a character-building place is the workplace. Now, why is that? It's because God is more concerned about who you are than what you do. God is more concerned about your character. Listen to this. He's more concerned about your character than your career. Why is that? Because your character is what you're taking to heaven, not your career. Again, here we are at the cemetery yesterday. God works sometimes in ways I just I cannot imagine. And you know, I I that morning, Tom. You know, that morning, early morning, I forgot Ida was going to be there. I went, oh my gosh, Ida's going to be there. I can't just talk about Jackie and I'll talk about Ida. And so I'm thinking, how, I, how do I do this? How do I frame this, of course? You know, it's, yes, we're here because Jackie's death, but we also have Ida's ashes. And here's this table with these beautiful two little urns with the ashes of both Jackie and Ida here. And then I look over and there's, here comes you know, Owen and Lucas. They're wheeling them up, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it hit me. I'm watching... This is what's weird. Preachers are always watching, I'm telling you right now, man. I'm watching. And I'm watching what's going on here. And they're going, look, he smiled at me. Look, he cooed. Man, look at Owen, man. He's, he's starting to, he hardly has any air. Look at him. Look, he, he looked at me. Look, he's grinning. You know, and, and, and I, what I notice is this. With babies, we're focused on what they're doing. Why don't we focus on their character? They don't have much, do they? Okay. But then we're over here with Jackie and Ida. At the end of their life, what are we talking about? Character. Why? Because that's what you take. You're not going to take your vocation. You're going to take your values into eternity. And that's why God's concerned and is focused on character building as you build things on this planet. Someone said one time, you can't take it with you. I challenge that now. You can take. You will take something with you. You will take your character. And see, God will use. He will use the workplace to reveal your weaknesses. And He'll use. He'll deal with besides drama, your fears. He'll deal with your fears, your immaturity, your inexperience, how you get along with people. I think again. I you know uh, my family was a very volatile family. As a middle son, I spent a lot of time trying to keep the peace in the house. When I go to work, nobody's interested in having peace. And I'm trying to make peace, and I almost got... I, one time I got punched. I got punched in the mouth. Shut up, Gil. I'm shutting up, man. I'm out. Just things I wasn't even close prepared for. It revealed a weakness. Keep your nose out of that. Weaknesses like being undisciplined, not cleaning up after myself, saying something, joking around when a filter plant is down, losing $10,000 a minute, and I'm joking about it, and I get reamed by my foreman and by the head of the R&D department. Your job will reveal your weaknesses. But it also will challenge your faith. What will you do? What will you do 
In other words, will you do the right thing when no one's looking? Will you do the the righteous, the right thing, the honest thing when no one's looking? Will you lie or will you own your, your mistake at work? Will you say, I blew that? What will you do when, when something's unfair, like you're overlooked and somebody else gets the promotion and they don't do near as much as you? What are you going to do with that? Are you going to keep trusting God? Or are you going to just go, I'm putting in my notice? i tell you what, I've learned a lot of stuff at work. I still learn a lot of stuff at work. Not just as an employer, but even here as part of the staff. Working with Gary and Alan, I've learned a lot about team playing. And it's difficult. Sometimes it's hard to harmonize. You don't always get your way. But isn't Christianity about that anyway? Isn't it about God's way, not your way anyway? I know some of you here, you might be on the verge of quitting work because for some reason you got chewed out or for some reason you got disciplined or for some reason somebody's given it to you and you're thinking, man, I'm out of here. Wait a minute before you do that. Could God be working on you? Could He be working on your character? Look at this passage here in Psalms 109. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. I didn't know this verse was even in the Bible. Joseph is a primary example of how the workplace worked on his character. And notice, what is he saying here? What is, what is the psalmist saying? He's saying while Joseph was working, God was working on Joseph. Because Joseph was arrogant, short-sighted, and he needed, he needed to have that took care, he needed to deal with that. Listen to me here. The most important thing you're going to bring home, guys, listen. The most important thing you're going to bring home from work is not your paycheck. It is you. It is you. Your character. And you say, well, you know, I'm getting a hard time at work. I think I'm going to go find some place else to work. You know what the thing is, is that I've learned, I want to tell you this, and I'm ashamed of it. I worked as a tool and die maker at Albion in West Salem, Champ, and I remember thinking I was treated unfairly, and I, was, I, couldn't, I, I got into full-time ministry, and I walked out to that factory, turned, and went <laughs> right on the side of that building. I'm free! I'm going to go be a preacher. <laughs> See how stupid you are when you're young? What was I thinking? So I'm going to be a youth minister. Oh, boy. Don't I get, I get to work with kids and their parents. Good. And so I did that, and I began to get criticized and get, you know, because you're young, you're doing, you make mistakes, and people are, you're butting heads with elderships, you're butting heads with the pulpit man, you're butting heads with, other, with parents, you're butting heads with teenagers. And I went, I'm moving. I'm moving to Alton. And I walked out of the church building my last day. I looked around. I kid you not, I spit on the church building and went, I'm done with you guys. What was weird was all those lessons that I should have learned at Champ and at Eureka Church of Christ, we're waiting for me here. And he's still been pounding on me. The workplace will develop your character. Instead of running from it, why don't you just get the lesson over with? And then improve. Maybe work will be better. Who knows, huh? Wouldn't that be cool? Look at the Bible says, I would love for, uh, I, I want God to say this. I want those I work for to say this. Those I work with to say this. Well done, good and faithful servant. Those sound like character traits. Good and faithful worker, in other words. You've been faithful in handling these, this small amount. 
what we do at work is nothing compared to what God wants us to do. He says, and now I give you many more responsibilities, Tim. Let's celebrate together. Let's go out to China Walk and have some food. Let's go, let's go celebrate. What a positive thing that would be, huh, at work, to be that kind of a blessing. That kind of a blessing. And that happens when God begins to build our character. Number four, I work to help others. You say, well, I already know that. Do you? I think we get the my needs down pretty good. I'm not sure about this one. Look what Ephesians 4 says. Be honest and work hard. This is that tent maker again. Be honest and work hard so you will have something to give to people in need. In other words, I work so I can give something to, to help others, others in need. Here's how the Apostle Paul said it, Acts 20. <laughs> I've been a constant example of how you can help the poor by working hard and remembering the words of the Lord Jesus, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, is he talking about working as in teaching and preaching? Or is he talking about making tents? Or could he be talking about both? He's saying, Tim, one of the reasons I work, that I keep working, is I don't keep it for myself. You know, there's a, there's a level of comfort that you just need to say, that's enough. Anything extra, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that. I've been so blessed, so blessed by this little business of mine. I've got some great people that work for me. Great people that work for me. Some of them are in this audience. And what I love doing is taking their work with my work and giving it back to the church in some way. It's just exciting to do that. I get to see people become Christians. I, I see lives being changed. And, indirect, and, and I'm just an indirect, per, indirectly involved. I'm not really the one doing the teaching. But maybe there's a light fixture or there's some carpet or a chair somewhere because instead of spending it on my house and my stuff, I decided to go the other way with it. And I've got to admit, it is more blessed to give than receive. I've got, I've got a ways to go. I'm still trying to, I'm trying to grow in that even more. But I'm just so blessed by that. And I, I just think about how, how good it feels when you help someone else. And your job is linked to that, see, what you do at work. Number five, why should I work? My work can be a powerful testimony think I put greatest, but I've changed it. Here's why. It can be a powerful testimony, Alan, one way or the other, can it? That's why I changed it to, it can be a powerful testimony. And it can be a powerful testimony of negativity or a powerful testimony that's so positive and off the chain that it makes God look extremely good. Look at the Bible says here, take care of your own business and do your own work as we have already told you. If you do, then people who are not believers will respect you and you'll, have, you'll not have to depend on others for what you need. You get the idea of self-sufficiency, he goes, if you work. But notice he says that there, these people that aren't believers will respect you. See, good workers have credibility. So there's a question. Ask yourself, what does my work say about me? You see, my work backs up my words. I can say, you know, I think somewhere in Proverbs it says, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. Why is that? Because they're just words. And you can talk big at work and talk big to people like you're really something, but we really find out who you really are and you find out who I really am based on what you or I do, Right? And so work is, can be a powerful testimony. People are watching you, and they're just something. There's something about the quality of what you do that speaks louder than your words. People take you seriously when you're a hard worker. Good work also opens doors. 
that words can't. Because they see action. And that's all because your work is a demonstration of what you really believe. Look what the Bible says here in Colossians 3.17 according to the New Living Translation. This is how the New Living Translation says it. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. You do it as with a bigger purpose then. You're not just rep- you say, well, you know, your work represents you. Yes, but it represents Jesus. And when you put it in that perspective... Doesn't that just make you want your want you to have a your desire for better work from yourself? Doesn't it just go up a little bit here? I want to tell you something. I want to tell some of you here, some of you here, your boss has no idea how lucky they are to have you in that company. They have no idea. She or he have no idea. You know why? Because you represent Christ. You refuse to gossip like everybody else. You're not leaning, you're cleaning, is what I heard somebody say one time, working at McDonald's. Right, Morgan? If you're not leaning, you should be cleaning. And so you're not leaning, you're cleaning. When somebody else is goofing off, you don't join them. And if you mess up, and they're trying to figure out who did it, you go, I was the person that did that. You don't cheat anybody. You're you're in a sour mood. Coming to work. Something's happened, you're in a sour mood. You say, I'm checking that out. Because... What this place doesn't need is a Christian that's grumpy and frumpy. So you choose joy. And and you're not here to compete against somebody to get ahead of them. You're here to complete them. And it's not about the almighty dollar, but your almighty God. Why? Because you represent Christ. And I just want want to tell you, I, I look at some of your faces, and some of you here, your boss doesn't have a clue. You're, you deserve a raise. You deserve a promotion. Because you bring glory to God. You represent Christ. And you make, listen, you make the workplace so much better because you're there. You realize God strategically puts you there for a bigger reason than your task. And I want to say, you know, tomorrow morning when you get up out of bed and you're starting your work week, man, you go after it, man. You go after it. God's, God will bless you. Look at Hebrews 6.10. God will not forget your hard work. He will bless you. Number six, why should I work? I work to build God's kingdom. One of the reasons that I, I, I believe, it's, I see in Scripture, is that it's not just you're building a company for somebody or you're building a, a, an organization. You are having an impact on the kingdom of God when you work. And so your work should be with that in mind. Look what the Bible says here. Be concerned about everything else. I'm sorry, be concerned above everything else with the kingdom of God. Above everything else, he's saying, be concerned about the kingdom of God and what he requires of you. And he'll provide you with all the other things. What's he saying here? He says, above everything else, above your job security, above the job itself, bring the kingdom of God. Bring your faith into where you are into your earning. And God will take care of you. In other words, I don't work for now, but now I have a bigger, broader purpose. There's an eternal reason I'm here. I'm not working for me, but for the Lord. 
I'm working to fulfill the Great Commission. Right here. You say, oh, Tim. I don't know if you know it or not, but there's a policy where I work. And the policy is that you can't talk about Jesus. Let me tell you something. You all, where you work, are talking about Jesus. You're blabbing it. You don't even realize it. You're a bunch of blabbermouths and don't even know it. I can't believe he called me a blabbermouth. You are. I don't talk about Jesus. Yes, you do. You show Jesus with your example all the time. You show Jesus with this face that you, if you're in my case, inherited that you don't particularly like because it shows everything. When you come in, when you go out, your workspace, it all is blabber. It's saying it loud. You're a blabbermouth already. So by the way, you might as well go ahead and just admit it. You're going to be blabbing this week about the Lord. And that's good because the kingdom goes forward. It goes forward. It grows because of it. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2 here. Brothers and sisters, I know you remember how hard we worked. We worked day and night to support ourselves. Now that doesn't sound like it's just preaching and teaching and missionary work. You see that? He says, we worked day and night, night and day, to support ourselves so that we would not be a burden to anyone while we did the work of telling you God's good news. What's he saying? We worked, and we also were able to work on the kingdom at the same time. Let me ask you, first of all, is your work dedicated to the Lord? And is it about helping the kingdom grow? Is it about fulfilling the Great Commission? Because one day... You and I are going to be called into the front office. And there's going to be, what do you call that? Not a job interview. Huh? A preview. Review, that's it. A review. It's going to be evaluation. I've had, I remember Ashley Grove, she goes, Tim, you haven't, we need to have an evaluation meeting. We need to have a job performance evaluation and I go you're doing great now let's go to China Walk and have some chicken and stuff and she goes no no Tim I want you to be a little more specific in that I say you're doing a great great job now let's go she goes Tim you know what I mean I go well no I guess you're doing a good job can I improve anywhere well maybe why are you saying that You know what I'm saying? You ever had that? Where the boss wants to talk to you. Huh? You know, I'm working away. I'll never forget this. I'm working away. My foreman, Paul Lemke, guy comes up, taps me on the what? He goes, Paul wants to talk to you. Why? I don't know. Get in there. So I'm walking in there. You know, how come we're not in a hurry? You know, time clock work looks like this when you're talking out. Going to the office is like, like Vasco da Gama. We're all over the ocean, you know. You history people should know what I mean by that. But anyway, I go in and he goes, Tim, I need to talk to you about something. What is it? You're too funny. What? You're too funny? You're making everybody laugh and I'm afraid somebody's going to get hurt. So you need to tone it down, buddy. Tone it down. I'm going, so none of that singing either. We hear you singing back there. And I am. I'm singing church songs. We don't want any more of those songs and we don't want you joking around anymore. And I go, okay, Paul. You know, I'd sing, I'd sing songs. One of my favorite was a song I used to sing called, I love my job, I like it here. Not singing that anymore. <laughs> Don't you worry. After today's meeting, you'll never hear it again. <laughs> Two or three months go by, and I'm just doing my job fine. Hey, Tim, how's it going? Good. Well, hey, man, you haven't been very funny lately. Anything happening? Nope. Boss wants to talk to you. I go in, Tim, morale is low. We need you to get lighten it up. I kid you not. I go, what do you want me to do? You're not, you need to be more funny. That's the kind of job I remember not getting a raise one time. Tim, you're just not putting it out there. And I'm going, okay. And so I, I just, job interviews can be interesting. 
there's going to be a day you and I are going to have our job preview or work review. There's going to be a day you and I are going to be at the head office. And God's going to say, hey, what did you do with the work place and the work space I gave you? What did you do with it? Tim, did you, did you dedicate it to me? Did you use it to build the kingdom? Did you use it to help others? You know, we did a lot of character building. Was it all for naught? You know, it's, why have all this character and not have anything else? That's, that's not it, what it's about. Look at this here in 1 Corinthians 3. Paul's speaking here. Here's that tent maker again. Using the gift God gave me, I laid the foundation of that house like an expert builder. Others are building on that foundation. But all people should be careful how they build on it. The foundation that has already been laid is Jesus Christ. And no one can lay down any other foundation. But if people build on that foundation using, catch it, gold, silver, jewels, wood, grass, straw, their work will be clearly seen because the day of judgment will make it visible. That day will appear with fire. And the fire will test everyone's work to show what sort of work it was. What kind of work are you doing? Will that work last? Is there any eternal element in it? Because one day it's going to be tested. If the building has been put on the foundation that still stands, the builder will get a reward. I'm going to look at this warning. But if the building is burned up, the builder will suffer loss. The builder will be saved, but it will be as one who escaped from the fire. He's saying he got out with just the clothes on his back as the house collapsed behind him. What are you, what, what are you trying to say, Tim? The thing is that one day, you and I, God's going to call us in and He's going to say, let's look at your work. Let's test it. And I want to ask you something here. What are you going to build with your life? I'm deciding. You're deciding too. What are we going to build with our life? What are you and I going to go to work for tomorrow morning? What's it going to be about? You see, you say, well, Tim, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Tim. You know, what I do is not that important. I, I work at McDonald's or Dairy Queen or I'm, I'm giving coffee to somebody and I, I clean toilets or I, you know, I'm, I'm, you don't think that's important? Where do you get off thinking that's unimportant? That may be your problem, see. You don't think that's important enough to look at and dedicate to God? That may be why your work is not accomplishing much. No, everything, listen, I don't know what everybody's job is. I know some of you stack shelves. I know some of you, some of you get with clients and you're, you're, you're working hospitals, you're saving lives, and some of us here are just serving lives. And, and, but the, it's all important because people are scattered across this gamut or this, this mirage, or, oh, not mirage, decoupage, or I don't know what you call it, just this whole big list of different different uh, vocations and, and jobs, and, and there's got to be a Christian there that's thinking. You know what I'm saying? There's got to be one there. And God says it's got to be you. It needs to be you. So this morning... I want you to know, God, God wants you to know this, that I have a bigger reason for having you in that place than getting a paycheck than for a dollar. I want you to make a difference there. I want you to influence others. So build something. Let's start, let's let this series, as we start this series about talking about work, let's let God help us change the way we think about working to include it in the scope of what we're doing and God's purpose and plan, and see if we can begin or continue to build something eternal that will last for generations. That all starts tomorrow morning when you take your faith to work. There's a card in your bulletin, and um, it's just an opportunity to respond to this lesson some way. I don't know.
know, just ask yourself, what, what do you need, of those six, what's, which one is it the one that sticks out to you that you need to work on? You know, if you don't realize, God made me to work. And yes, I know God, I got it. I think most of us here go, I got that it's about help, you know, meeting my needs. But helping others, hmm. Hmm. Where's God trying to build character right now? Will you let him do it? Will you let work? Let your. Te- I, want, I want to urge you. Let your. Te- maybe you need prayer for this. I want my testimony to be powerful at work. Because I've got a grumpy boss that drives me bananas. I've got a coworker that just won't shut up. I have. I have so much to do and I just feel like I'm doing all the work. Open my eyes to see there's bigger, there's bigger things here than what we're doing in this place. Maybe it's I, I need prayers to, to see how I can bring the kingdom, God's kingdom into this that what I do does have an impact on the culture, so I want to make sure that it's what God, you know, what would God want me to bring here? You don't have to be, I don't have to be preaching. I just need to, to work. I don't know what, um, maybe you're saying, Tim, I'm out of work. I need to find a place to work. And I understand that. Your faith today, your faith you have now, I'm just saying, if it's only a little bit, take it to work with you tomorrow. Let God help it, help it grow. Maybe that's what you need prayers for. But we're going to give you a chance to fill that card out. And um, we're going to sing while you do that. Then we'll sing another song and take up those cards along with our weekly contribution. Let's pray. God, um, thank you for work. I didn't realize, Father, that uh, you made me to work. I thought it was some kind of punishment. (laughs) And so, Father, um, give us a heart of of a good worker, a good and faithful servant, whether we're working for a household or whether we're working for a supervisor or it's just somebody out on the street and we're working on their home, their car, their lawn. Father, we just we know people need to see see how good you are. And Father, we know that they see that through good work. And so Father, we pray you help us be good workers this week. And not just for a couple of days, but Father, but it just it just be a value that we decide to incorporate to stay. Father, I know some of us here we're going through the ringer at work. We're getting clobbered at work, and it's like, what? Why? Why is this happening? And, and could you be trying to change us, Father? We pray that we'll. We'll not be so stubborn. We'll not be so prideful that we'll allow our workplace to change, mature us, build us. Lord, I pray that um, you know, Monday morning as we get up, we get ready for work, we'll, you'll give us a, a sharper eye, a sharper mind, and see the bigger picture, Father. and do your work. We dedicate our work to you. And Father, I, I on my heart right now is I know we have people in this room that are sick. Very, very sick. And they're in pain. And they feel lonely. 
feel forgotten. Father, I pray especially for those that feel that way today that You will show them through the people they've helped through Your church here how deeply, deeply they are loved and to help carry some of this burden that they shoulder right now. Oh God, You you know we want them healed. And they would love to be healed. Pray You comfort Tom and Megan and some of us here who have lost loved ones because every funeral reminds us of those we've lost. Comfort us right now. Let us experience Your goodness. It's so good to be in Your presence. We humbly, humbly pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen.